0: Say that one more time we believe in god the father we believe in jesus christ we believe in the holy spirit and he's given us new life we believe in the crucifixion we believe that he conquered death We believe in the resurrection, and he's coming back again, We we believe, Lord, we believe, Lord, we believe, Lord, this year just help us to trust you that much more, oh, grace to trust you more, Lord us to draw closer help us to be in your word more father we need you we need your presence your power in our life to walk through this life so father we just thank you that you are faithful and you reward those that seek you thank you the splendor I
1: Try to have, that would have any eternal value to it, would only be accomplished by the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives and in our hearts. So when we say Holy Spirit rain down, we want our time together today to have eternal value. We want our prayers for others to be answered we want you to speak to our hearts through your word we want you to change our hearts as we hear your word and as we acknowledge that that is truth. and so Heavenly Father Holy Spirit rain down Father we we do want to pray for Dennis this morning. Father, we we know that over the last few years he has struggled a great deal with these infections that come his way. And so, Father, at this moment in time, we as a group of people, we believe. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that you conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. We believe that you are alive and well and that you have gone back to heaven, Jesus, and that you have sent your Holy Spirit. And right now we just ask for the spirit of the living God to fill the room there where Dennis is. And in the presence of Jehovah, Father, in the presence of Jehovah, sickness must flee. And so I pray that in your presence this infection will flee and he will be healed in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, we pray for the offering which we are about to receive. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your abundance that you send our way. And out of that abundance, and yes, Lord, in some cases out of our need, We give to you because you have promised to meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Before we, um, before I get into the message, um, I, I just want to say something so that you have the opportunity to um, respond as you wish. But um, Elaine uh, tells me that today may be the last Sunday that she's going to be with us, um, be able to be worshiping with us. Um, the trip from Venice is getting to be quite a chore, Um, and she lives in almost South Venice, Uh, not quite, but almost, and uh, she also is going to be selling her car, which will make the walk here even worse, (laughs) so uh, uh, she's not certain that today will be the last day, but certainly within the next uh, couple of weeks, it could be her Last Sunday, so um, Elaine, is, Elaine started coming here um, about 1982. She said, "I just know this." She goes, um, "She goes um, when I came here, I." She was pointing to me. "You were teaching sun, adult Sunday school, and uh, her husband at the time, Ben, uh, was um, said to her." he'd make a good pastor. <laughs> I don't know if that was prophetic or what, was, what was going on, but anyway, um, so Elaine has just, um, wow, it's been like 30, 34, 35 years you've been coming here to church, Elaine. So it's a long time. Pastor Shank was the pastor when they first started to come. And uh, so um, thank you for your faithfulness, Elaine. You want to say anything? You want to say anything? Have a, you'll have a new, a new spot to go, Carol, and everything else, and so anyway, I just wanted to let you know that so that you can, um, um, if you want to speak to Elaine, you certainly you, you certainly can, I just wanted to let you know that, and hopefully, um, well, maybe your car won't sell for a week or two, and you can still come, so anyway, um, all right, well, let's, um, if you're going to follow in your Bibles, um, we're going to be in um, Ephesians chapter 4. And this, the lesson this morning, is um, is certainly a, a good one for the beginning of the year. And um, but before we look at that, let's just uh, have a quick word of prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for that. It is our our rule for faith and conduct. It is it is where we uh, get our authority for what we do. We believe your word is true, um, not just parts of it, not just parts we like, but the parts that touch our hearts in ways that cause us to see ourselves as having fallen short. And uh, we know that your word tells us that we all have sinned and fallen short of your glory, but we also know that you have provided us with forgiveness, and you have provided us with the precious Holy Spirit who has marked us uh, as a down payment for the life that we have before us um, forever with you. And so as we look into your word today, Father, may it come alive to us. May it find its way down into our spirits. And may we be doers of the word in Jesus name. Amen. We are in the second half of chapter four of Ephesians, which we, um, we did the first part two weeks ago. And Paul, be, Paul takes this last the last half of this chapter and the first ten verses of chapter five and he talks about the clear difference between someone who is a follower of. Christ, a follower of God, and someone who is not. And he, he talks about the fact that when someone is a follower of Christ, there, is a, there, there, is, there should be a marked difference in their behavior, in the way they live. And he he takes some examples and he he goes through some examples later on. And he, he says, this is what you should be doing. This is what you should not be doing. And each time he talks about that, he talks about how our behavior should be that which is imitating Christ or imitating God. He uses both. And, and I think that as we... You, you, you understand that, that, that God didn't celebrate the new year last night. You, you understand that that's just something we do. Time is of no... There, there, there is no year 2016 in God's time. Because God doesn't have any time. We measure time because we are finite. We are limited. And so we measure time. We have to measure time because we've only got so much of it. So therefore we measure it so that we can, we can follow what we're, going to, what we're going to do or what we want to do. God's time is... He has no timetable because He's been from eternity past and He will be forever and ever and ever. But as, but as human beings... We have these places in time where we look at that time and we say, this is a time where I want to start fresh. Okay? How how many of you, and I don't want to know what they are, I just want to know, did any of you in your your thinking, you you may not have said anything to anyone else, but in your thinking, you said, after the first of the year, I'm going to do you fill in the blank. I'm going to do this differently. Now it, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean I, but you said at, you know on the, as of the first of the year, I'm going to do this this differently. How many, how many of you did that? Anybody? Okay? A few of you you know the rest of you have how long have you had the trouble with buying? No, I'm just kidding. No. But there, there there's something about there's something about a new year, there's something about a new day or a new week where it, somebody says, on this particular moment I'm gonna I'm gonna do things differently, I'm gonna start differently. Okay? Have you I mean who starts a diet on a Tuesday? No, you wait, till, you wait till Sunday night and you go, you know what, tomorrow morning, Monday morning, new week, I'm going on diet. Or I'm going to start going to the gym. Nobody starts going to the gym on a Wednesday. You wait until you have this, this place that's, that's fresh and new, and you say, at this moment in time, I'm, I'm going to do this. This is, a, this is a good message for this. Idea that we've started a new year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things differently, whatever that may be. Hopefully there were some spiritual things in there that you wanted to do differently. So Paul says here, so I tell you this and I insist and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So here we have Paul saying, listen, here's what the Gentiles... They're darkened in their understanding. They're separated from life, the life of God because of ignorance. Sometimes it's willing. It, Paul talks about people being willingly ignorant. They don't want to know the truth. Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Now he says, I, don't, I insist on it in the Lord that you do not live as the Gentiles live. It's interesting that the psalmist David, the very first, well if you consider that he wrote Psalms 1 and went right on through 150 in order, <laughs> we don't know that, but if you, if you consider that, the very first words out of David's mouth when he writes Psalm 1 as we have it in our scriptures, listen to what he says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the the wicked. Now let's go back here. You see, I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. When you have a world view that doesn't line up with the word of God and the word of God's view of the way things are and the way things will be and the way things should be when your mind and your thinking don't line up with that then you must be lining up with the world and the world the world has Thinking that is futile. I don't know how many of you have uh, um, have seen this. It's a it's a series that's on A and E, the network A and E, and it's from uh, an actress named Lee Remini. Have it, have you seen it? Have any of you seen it? And it and it's about the Church of Scientology. Okay. Now, my job here this morning. Is not to bash the Church of Scientology. I'm going to let that up to her, okay. Um, but but when I'm as I began to listen to it, okay. Here's here's what came out. They had they had tapes of L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard was the founder. He wrote the book Dianetics, and and I remember in high school there were there were kids who were reading Dianetics the, and and all that. I never did, never read it, never. Well, I didn't read much anything when I was a kid, but uh, but anyway, much to the chagrin of my teachers. But anyway, um, L. Ron Hubbard says in some of his interviews, he said there is a place that we can take mankind, where mankind can solve all of their problems. I want to ask you a question. Did you hear what I just said? L. Ron Hubbard said that we can take a man to a, to a place where mankind can solve all of their problems. I want to ask you a question. Do you think that that attitude, that, that process, whatever brought him to that place in his mind, do you think that that falls under the category of feudal thinking? It, it does. Okay. But folks, I want you to understand something. There are people, there are people in the world, and there are people in the government, and there are people in, in high places that may not subscribe and may not be members of the Church of Scientology, but they believe the very same thing that mankind can solve their own problems. And, and you and I, we differ in that. We, we differ in that idea that man can solve his own problems. I've listened to, I've listened to some very conservative people on, on radio and television at one time. I don't listen much anymore, but I used to. And one of the most famous conservative voices in America today made this statement. Mankind is essentially good. Is that true? Is that, is that futile thinking? <clears throat> See, what we, what we understand from the Word of God is that there is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God said in the, when, he, in, when He was talking about mankind before, before the flood, He said, every thought and inclination of the heart is always toward evil. Mankind cannot fix themselves. You and I, we can't fix ourselves. That's futile thinking. But it's prevalent in our world. And one of the One of the real drawbacks in our culture today for people to to come to Christ is, I don't need anybody to fix me. I don't need anybody to fix me. I can fix myself. So Paul says to the Christians in Ephesus and to us as well, You can't live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. It just goes on and on and on and on. Because they've lost all sensitivity. Now, now he breaks. Now he now he draws the line. See, he talked about the Gentiles. Now he now he draws the line. He says, "You, however, you did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus." The truth that is in Jesus. Listen to the words of Jesus as he speaks to Pilate right before he's sentenced to be crucified. He says this, Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Whoa. Everyone on the side of truth listens to Jesus. Everyone on the side of truth wants to see and hear what Jesus has to say. Jesus Jesus didn't just say, I know the truth. He said, I am the truth. He embodied the truth. We look at Jesus, and Jesus can can be and should be the very prime example that you and I look at and say, that's who I want to be like. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 8, it says that one of the things that the Spirit of God is going to do in us is that He is going to continually make us More like the image of his dear son. So, when it comes to deciding for in our in each of our own lives, and we each make that decision on our own, I'm not here to make a decision on how you live your life, I will never do that. My, my job is to tell you what the Word of God says and hopefully the Spirit of God and the Word of God will do something in your heart and you of your own volition will decide, hey, I see that in the Word of God. Not, I, I heard what the pastor told me to do, therefore I've got to do it in order to be a, a member in good standing. That's not how this works, not here. This is about you being confronted with the truth of the Word of God and saying, I see that truth. That truth is going to change the way I live. That's how it works. I see that truth. That truth is going to change the way I do things. That's going to change my behavior. That's going to change the way I think. That's going to change the way I act. It's gonna. I'm going to eliminate this from my life because I see that that doesn't emulate who Jesus was. Because He was the truth. He was the embodiment of truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me, Jesus said. He said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's, that's the goal here. The goal is to learn the truth and when the truth meets up with, with where we are in our own lives, we say, well, that doesn't meet up with God's standard. I'm going I'm to take that off and I'm going to, put on a new attitude. I'm going to put on the, the new person and I'm going to and through that God is going to create me to be more like God in true righteousness and holiness. I'm not there now but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be closer to it as I follow Him, as I hear what His Word says. It's going to change the way I live. We We cannot, we cannot think that we can come to Christ and be a follower of Jesus and there will be no change in us. Otherwise, what is the point of just of coming to Him? Now, therefore, now He begins... His, he has these little snippets of things that we should do and things that we should not do. It would do you well to not just take this right now and say, okay, I got it all, but to read the next 10 or 15 verses at home um, and, and just understand and see what he's trying to say to us. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. And speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In other words, we're not—we're just not going to lie to one another. We're not going to lie to one another. I think that in within the church, there's a there's a there's a real there's a real problem. But, and I mean this seriously. There's a real problem. We can walk up to some of our Christian brothers and we say, "How you doing?" Oh man, I'm great. Feeling fine. It's it's like there is there is this thought process, there's this thing that if you're not fine, if you're not feeling fine, if you're not emotionally fine, if you're not spiritually fine, if there's something wrong with you, then there's something wrong, something intrinsically wrong with you and 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 people are going to look down on you because you're not fine. Because you have to actually answer and say, you know what, I'm having a bad day today. Imagine what would happen. Imagine what would happen if if somebody literally walked up to you and said, "A, a, a Christian brother or sister, you walk up to a Christian brother or sister, or to anybody for that matter, anybody, and you say, how are you doing? And that person was totally and brutally honest and said, you know what, I'm having a horrible day today. I don't, I don't feel good, you know, um, you know. my husband yelled at me before he went to work, or you know, we're, you know, this or that, or whatever it may be. And at that very moment in time, you as a follower of Jesus have an opportunity to minister. I was with I was with some guys. Um, I was invited out to breakfast. Uh, this is a long time ago, probably better than almost probably two years ago. Um, some of you would know who I'm talking about, so I, the, the name isn't necessary. But we were uh, we met at the at the Cracker Barrel up on uh, 64, and we were there was just three of us, and uh, it was actually back when I was. Uh, a part of C12. I was meeting with a, a couple of guys from C12, and the waitress came over and brought us our food, and uh, one of the guys looked at the waitress and just said, um, "We're, you know, we're just about ready. To, we're about to pray for our food. Um, is there anything that we can pray for you for?" And she melted. She literally melted, and she said, "Yeah." And, and I, you know what? To, I, right now as I'm saying this, I don't even remember what her request was. You know, a couple years later, I don't remember what her request was. But I do remember the look on her face when right there in that restaurant and we bowed our heads and prayed for her request and what that what that meant to her. Just the the idea that I can... I can just be honest with us, I can be honest with a stranger and say, you know what, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. If, if, if there are people who can be have that kind of honesty with strangers, shouldn't we, in the church, we are one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one God and Father all. We just did that two weeks ago. Well, we're all in this together. We're all part of one body. Why shouldn't we be able to say to our brother and sisters, I'm having a horrible day today? I did that for months. And I would walk in here. I'm going to tell you, I'm glad 2017's here because I'm going to tell you, 2016 was a tough year. It was a tough year. It was the only year in my life that I spent almost the whole year in pain. It's all gone now, by the way. Praise the Lord. I have no pain anywhere. Okay. But for for months, I would come walk. In, I would walk in that door, and people would say, "How you doing, Pastor?" And I go, hey, "Great fun." Barely able to stand for any length of time. Come up here and preach and the pain would go away and I'd step off that thing and go back and I'd almost have to sit in a chair. The pain was so great. How you doing, Pastor? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm be okay. And finally one day, I don't know who came to me. I don't know if it was Michael or who it was, but somebody came to me and said, how you doing, Pastor? And I said, you know what? I'm having a rough day today. I'm having a rough day today. What? A, I felt better just being honest. <laughs> you understand? And people began to pray. And although God took his sweet time, (laughs) God took his sweet time and had a surgeon, you know, enlisted the help of a surgeon to accomplish that, I don't have any pain anymore. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. There's a a place where you can be angry and you don't sin. There's a place where you... I'm I'm going to say this to you right now. Anger is an emotion that God created in us. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry. There's a way to be angry where you don't sin. One of the ways that you can be angry and sin is to hold on to your anger while the sun goes down. To go to bed angry, to go to sleep angry, and to wake up the next morning angry, that's a problem. You know why it is? Is because there's only so long that you as a human being, as an individual can be angry until, there, until you give the devil a foothold and your anger becomes a grudge and your grudge, your grudge becomes bitterness. And the Bible says, do not let a root of bitterness grow up within you and by it many be defiled. Some folks would say, well, if you're, if you're angry at all, you've sinned. No, not according to Paul. Paul. He says, in your anger, do not sin. You, you know, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Because if you do, you are giving the devil a foothold and he will take you to places with that anger you don't want to go. How many of you have ever... Oh, true confession time here. How many of you have ever been Angry enough at a person that you plotted in your mind, you never intended to do anything about it, you never intended to follow through. I'm not talking about you know, pre you know, where you but you you literally thought about the the bad things that could happen to someone. And come on, be honest with you, how many of you ever done that? Yeah. Let me just tell you that that wasn't the Holy Spirit leading you. Or me. me. That wasn't the Holy Spirit leading me. That That wasn't God saying to me, this is where you need to go. That's what happens. Paul says, you're angry? Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give the devil a foothold. We're going to move through these now because we're, we're running out of time and there's a lot of these little snippets that we need to, we need to get through. <coughs> he who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful, useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Here's, here's what happens. When somebody steals something, they want it for... For themselves. They want it for themselves. They didn't, they didn't steal it for somebody else. They stole it for themselves to consume it upon themselves. He said, you got to stop doing that. You, and what happens is, he goes, you need to go to work. You know, work, doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. It goes from being self-consumed and selfish to being, to be thinking about other people. Do not, let any, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Hello. Hello. I'm just going to let you read that for a moment. I'm reading it too, by the way. I'm reading it too. Okay? Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may be beneficial. Benefit to those who listen. There's another passage in chapter 5 that we're going to get to in just a moment. That talks in, in similar to this. But it but it, goes, it brings in a different category. This, the unwholesome talk here is, is about bad mouth and other people. Okay, or saying things that will cause people. You see, you and I, see, we can say things that will cause people to doubt. We can say things that will build people's faith up, or we can say things that will cause people to doubt. And when we cause people to doubt, we are causing people to not have faith in God. That's a problem, folks, for believers. That's a problem when we Say things that cause other people to have doubt in whether God will do what He says He will do or not. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Spirit of the living God will guide you and direct you in everything that you say, that you should say and you should do. And if you ignore Him, and you just do whatever, if, I say you, we, if we ignore him and we just do whatever we want to do it grieves him because he realizes that we are that we are failing to live up to what we could be if we listen to him get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice get rid of it be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as God, Christ in Christ God forgave you. Do you see the difference here? Okay, let's look at the difference. Get rid of bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Get rid of it. How do we act? Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. be imitators of God therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God but among you there must not be even listen to this but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because those these are improper for God's holy people do you see the line do you see the line that God's drawing here see the the line he's drawing there is proper behavior for a Christian and there is improper behavior for a Christian okay now I I, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to remind you of this every now and then. There is a, there is a movement that is going on in, within the confines of the church today that's, that says none of that matters. They're saying none of it matters because in grace, all of your past, present, and future sins have already been forgiven. So therefore, there is no necessary line of behavior. There's no necessary line that says, these are improper for God's holy people. But the Bible says, they are improper for God's holy people. Okay? They are improper for God's holy people. I'm not looking for us to start buying bracelets and things like that, but the question we must ask ourselves is, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? He's our example. He is the truth. Everyone who is on the side of truth listens to me, Jesus said. Here we go. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, a greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now he's getting, now he's getting pretty, pretty pointed. Now he's getting very strong. He's not just saying that they're improper. He's not saying that they're just out of place. He's saying, for this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. If there's, I've been a strong believer of this, okay, for a long, long time. Um, I'm gonna make, <laughs> I'm going to make a confession to you that very very few people know. I'm not even sure my wife knows this. No, it's, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just hang in with him. You know, <laughs> my, my wife's going, No, no, she's not. She knows better than that. But when I met my when I met my wife. Um, i had a um uh, I had a habit of um, my my language wasn't the best huh yes, you knew that um because there's there's when you, when you have a problem with your language you can only hide that for so long and then it will slip out and it did in front of her and she was a pastor's daughter, man. I mean, you know, it, it, and and I, really, and I really liked her a lot, you know. And, I, and boy, I got, um, it, it slipped out. And she looked at me like,
0: oh,
1: what did you just, what did you just say? But here's, that's not the confession. The confession here is, I, you know, I held it when I was around my parents. I held it when I was around church people. I held it when I was around her, but when I was around my buddies, it, it didn't matter, okay? And I had, a, I had an unsaved individual, and, I mean, just a, well, he was a heathen like I was, only I was a heathen that went to church. <laughs> and I knew, to, I knew how to pretend, and I knew how to, you know, all of that. I had a heathen guy look at me one time after I said something, he goes, Man, he said, you really have a foul mouth. He did. But I'm going to tell you something. When I came to know Jesus, one of the first things that got cleaned up was my mouth. One of the first things he cleaned up was my mouth. He He got rid of the desire to use all of that other junk to express myself. And, and I'm going to, and I got to tell you, it doesn't take long to be around someone that you've never met, and if depending on if you're in the right setting or not, to find out where where their heart is. What did Jesus say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, see what my heart was full of. My heart wasn't full of Jesus. My heart was full of other things, and it came out. But He cleaned that up. But now you, you're around people. You're just be around them for a little bit. And I'm not. I'm not talking about just. Hanging on every word, waiting. I'm just saying that when you're around someone in the right setting, they will reveal to you where their heart is by the words that they say, the language that they use. And folks, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what what the world said. I just think that there are some things that Christians ought not say. It's not taking the Lord's name in vain. It's not taking the Lord's name in vain. Okay? The Bible says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Okay, I get it. We're not. But I think that there are other things that Christians don't need to say that the world says that when you say them as a Christian, you identify yourself as being of the world rather than of Christ. Is that, is that fair to say? Is that... Is that that a fair way to say that? That I think that there are just some things, the, the languages that the world uses, that we could just we we as God's people, we just don't have to say so that we are not identified as one of them, but we are identified as being different, in a good way. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God wrath, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is do not man, we should have had this last night do not get drunk with wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit this is not a <laughs> this this is not a message on abstinence this is i'm simply going to tell you what he said here if you allow yourself just hang on with me here just a minute and love me when i'm done if you allow yourself to be influenced by the effects of alcohol on your mind and on your body i'm not i'm not going to stand up here and tell you that drinking is wrong because the bible talks about about wine and so forth now it, does say a few things in there that you know, uh, you could also read. So talks about, uh, you know, beer. Uh, beer is a brawler, and something in the proverbs, and they, there are those who are wise do not partake, or something like that. But anyway, um, he says here, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. See, here's he's trying to draw a the difference between the impact of alcohol on your body and on your mind and on your spirit and the spirit's impact on your, on your life and on your body and on your mind and on your spirit. That's what he's trying to do here. He's trying to help to draw that line to help you to see. And so what he says here is, well, if you get drunk on wine or if you have the effects of wine in your body, that effect is going to be different than if you had that same effect, that same, if you were filled with the Spirit of God, the, the effects on you emotionally and spiritually and physically and everything else are going to be quite different if that effect comes from the Spirit of God than if it comes from wine. That's what he's saying. Okay? You hear me? He's simply telling us there, is, there, are, there are two profound effects on us. One is, one is really good. That is, the Spirit of God having His profound effect on us is really, really good for us. And the effect of wine on us is not. Because it will lead us to debauchery. It will lead us to some place we don't want to go. Or we don't need to go. Now, this is one of those areas where you're just going to have to make up your own mind. I am not, again, I'm not here to tell you what you can and can't do. But I will tell you the truth. The truth is right there. The truth is right there. One will lead you to something you don't want to be in, and the other will lead you to goodness and greatness and, and to life, the spirit of the living God. And now we're going to move on. May the truth of the word of God find its way into your heart. Let's decide for ourselves, each of us decide for ourselves, on this the first day of 2017 that we will be determined in our, in our hearts and our minds that 2017 will be a year of great spiritual growth for us. That all of the things in here that God tells us to avoid and all of the things that He tells us to do that's why I'm saying to you you did you couldn't get all of that this morning. You you're going to have to go back and read that again and again maybe. But he's telling us in there there's there's some things that we should be doing and there's some things we shouldn't be doing. And man, if we can get rid of the things we shouldn't be doing and if we can start to do the things we should be doing, we're going to we're going to be living a life that is going to be pleasing to God and it's going to have an impact and we're going to we're going to draw closer to the Father and and we're going, to, we're going to have much more of an impact on the world if we do it this way. So in your own heart and in your own mind, in your own determination, say, it's a fresh start today. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the Father, and I am going to live my life according to the spirit, the leading of the spirit and the word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together today. It's very clear, Father, in the in the, the writings here of your word that there, there are behaviors that are acceptable. There are behaviors that are appropriate for the child of God. There are behaviors that work toward godliness and holiness, and there are behaviors that draw us away. There are behaviors that stifle that. There are behaviors that uh, are inappropriate. And, and, and Paul has, from the leading of the Spirit, has outlined those for us. So as, as your people, as people who desire to follow after Jesus. He's the truth. His example is the truth. His example is the right way to follow. I just pray that each one of us will determine in our own hearts and minds with the help of the Spirit that we want to eliminate the things that draw us away and grasp a hold of and practice the things that will draw us closer. And I just pray for each person that's in this room or, or may listen to this later. And just, just thank you, Lord, for us here on the earth as we start this new year fresh and, and ready for things to be different in so many ways. We know, Lord, that there are so many things going on in this world today. Politics and terrorism, and all of these things that we hear about and are bombarded with every day. And in all of that, Father, our faith rises up, and we know without a shadow of doubt you are in control. And Lord, we know that all of these things that are happening are fitting in to a master plan that you have to renew this world, to renew this earth. And Father, I just thank you that we have not been appointed to wrath. We are no longer children of wrath because our sins are forgiven. And the Lord Jesus is our Savior. Thank you. And as we prepare to leave here today, Father, we just want to pray for the ministries of this church. We thank you for our missionaries, for Chris Garrison for Todd and Shelley Marks. And we just thank you for what they're doing. And Lord, as they're and some of them are regrouping, some of them are rethinking how they're going to how they're going to be used, and others, we we just pray, Lord, that you're perfect will would be done in their lives. We pray for Chris as she goes back to Thailand. And Lord, we just pray that we pray for those folks over there that have that are facing persecution that we don't understand. Such persecution that is causing some of them to to no longer want to walk with you. And we just Lord, that you will, by your spirit, you will give them the strength and the desire to persevere. To say no to the persecution and yes to following you. That can only be accomplished by your spirit. We pray for them. We do not judge them. We pray for them. Father, we we pray for uh, love serves. We thank you for their work. Thank you for the thousands of souls that are coming to know you through the pastoral coaching. We pray for the transitional center, Lord. We pray for Chaplain Burke. We we thank you, Lord, for her work and her ministry there. And Lord, we just pray for the, the ladies there at the Transitional Center. Father, I just pray that there would be a movement of your spirit among those ladies like they they never saw before. Even when they were a faith-based unit, faith-based program, Lord. I, the, your spirit is not limited to only working in faith-based programs. But your spirit will have to work among those girls if there's going to be any success in turning them away from their previous life and changing them into what, they, what you want them to be. It will have to be accomplished by your spirit and Father, I just pray for an outpouring of your spirit in that place. Holy Spirit, rain down on that place. And I just pray you pray, Father, for for our brother Art, for the prison ministry. We we pray, Lord, for let uh, you would just continue to bless and open doors and and provide resources, Lord, so that the message of the gospel can go forward. And for our daycare here, Lord, we just thank you for the daycare, for the lives that are being touched, for our teachers, our staff. We just thank you. And now I pray that you will take us from this place. Many of us will be spending the day with our families on this holiday but whatever we say or do, will it bring honor and glory to you. And may the world see the difference because of the way we live, because of the way we love each other, and because of the way we love you. In your name we pray, amen.